Hello, thanks for tuning in to the West Side Podcast. This is where we're going to be posting some of the audio from our gatherings on Sundays, and we're hoping to develop some other content that we're excited to share with you in the future. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus, step by step. And we really hope that this podcast helps you do just that. We hope it helps you get closer to Jesus. We hope that you would be reconciled to God and not only that, be reconciled to the relationships around you and to the city that you live in, wherever that happens to be. Again, thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Uh, hey, I got uh, took a chance to go down to downtown Eugene, uh, and uh, I've only got a few more a few more opportunities to do that. And I went to Sizzle Pie, and when I was in Sizzle Pie, I thought about getting a regular slice of pizza, but I thought, you know what, I'm gonna just go you whole like full fledged Eugene on, on to right now. So I decided to get this pizza. It was I wrote it down because it was so it was uh, it was it had a basil cashew sauce. Uh, vegan mozzarella, vegan pepperoni, which is like made out of carrots and beets or something like that. Uh, There was shredded jackfruit, and that's one of the ones that really got me. Shredded jackfruit. And then there was dill pickle slices. And then it was all topped off with like a light dusting of nutritional yeast, all right? And, uh, you know, because when in Eugene, you know, just go full on Eugene. And so I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to get a slice of pizza like this in Montana ever, you know. So I thought, I'm just going to do it, you know. So, I, uh, so I'm eating this pizza, and this thought, thought occurs to me as I'm eating the slice of pizza. I'm like, at what point does, like, pizza cease to, like, at what point can you just not call this pizza anymore? You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a limit. How much originality can you bring to pizza before it's not pizza anymore? And actually, that's a little bit of what we've been discussing in this sermon series that we're in. Last week, we, we, we talked about this question is, can you make the gospel be anything that you want it to be? Can you define the gospel um, however you want to define it? Can you make the gospel whatever you want it to be? That's what we talked about. And we said, probably not, because the gospel is the gospel. We kind of unpacked that last week. What is the gospel? And if we're going to know what the gospel is, shouldn't we know what Jesus thought the gospel was? What, what kind of gospel did Jesus preach? That's going to help us understand what that word gospel means. What actually is the good news? We talked about that last week. Um, and so if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, get online um, and listen. But this week, um, we're exploring a similar question because the text takes us there. We're going through the book of Mark. And the book of Mark is a little bit like a, like a source text. It's like the perfect place to look and see, okay, what, what was happening right in the very beginning with Jesus? What was he doing? And so therefore, then we should, we should take hold of that and do the same. And so the question that we're going to look at tonight, because the text brings us right there, is can you make being a Christian whatever you you want it to be. In other words, what, uh, what does it mean to be a Christian? What, uh, uh, how, how do we define Christian? And lots of people define Christian in lots of different ways nowadays. So it's important for us to ask the question, similar to last week, what, what does Jesus think a Christian is? That's a great question. What, is Je- who, what does Jesus think a Christian is? How does Jesus define being a Christian? Because if we can kind of tease that out, then that's going to give us uh, some, some, it's going to give us a good foundation for what it should mean for us to be a Christian. It's an important question. It's an important question because at some point in your life, you met somebody that called themselves a Christian, whether that was your parents or whether it was a friend or, you know, 
coworker or, or something, and you met someone that said that they were a Christian and there was something about them that was compelling. There was something about them that was unique. There was something about them that was like, man, I, I don't know quite what it is. And I don't even know if I believe everything they believe yet, but there's something about that that I want. And maybe that was the beginning of you moving towards Jesus. Um, for some of us, that's our story. Now for some, for some other, others of us and for some of your friends and some of your family and people that you know, they have a different story. They met somebody that was a Christian, but they weren't really a Christian. They met somebody who called themselves a Christian, but like there was something off. There was something wrong. There was like a, there was, there was an abrasiveness, not an, not an attractiveness. And if that was your experience or your friend's experience or, you know, or your family member, no wonder they said, man, if that's what a Christian is like, then I don't think I wanna know what Jesus is like. So how we answer this question and how Jesus is gonna answer this question for us, it's an important question. What is a Christian? How would Jesus define what a Christian is? So I'm gonna read it to you. Um, it's from Mark chapter one, and then we're gonna just dip our toes into Mark chapter three, because this is the part where Jesus is calling his disciples. He's calling his followers. Let me read it to you. Mark one, verse 14 through 20, and then Mark three, verses 13 through 19. It says, now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the good news, the gospel of God. And what was, the, what was this gospel? It was the time is fulfilled, the time is now, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. What's the gospel? It's the kingdom of God is here. It's available right now. And passing along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, uh, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. In Mark chapter 3, it says, And he went up on the mountain, and he called to them those whom he desired. And they came to him, and he appointed twelve to be with him, and to be sent out to preach, and to have authority to cast out demons. Simon, whom he, whom he surnamed Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, whom he surnamed, I don't know how to say that word, <laughs> Agnes, I don't know, um, that is sons of thunder, Andrew and Philip, Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Um, I like to tell people that I've become a Christian um, over my life like more than 20, more than 20 times. <laughs> um, I, the first time was when I was a kid. My parents still have like this little thing that they wrote and it's framed and it says like on this day, like, you know, Brooks accepted Jesus into his heart. I was, I was really young. I don't really remember it. Um, but uh, over the years, at just growing up in church, you know, there was just times where the pastor was like, who wants to make Jesus their king? And I would put my hand up, you know, and then summer camps would come along and I'd go down to the front at summer camps. And every time it was just like, oh, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to follow you, Jesus. And I think really it, the, 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 the moment really, really where, where it clicked for me was in high school, my sophomore year of high school. Something happened just in my heart, in my life with some other people that were in my youth group that just marked me and changed me forever. That was like the moment where I started um, following Jesus, not because it was something that my family did, but it was because something that, that I wanted to do. 
And I really feel, so I don't really quite know when I became a Christian. You know, I'm not really sure, but for me, it was a little bit of a process to walk through, but it begs the question, what is a Christian? Um, how do we define Christian? When you say you're a Christian, what do you mean by that? Now, typically, typically, typically when people, uh, typically when people say I'm a Christian, what they mean by that is that you've said some form of what we insiders like to call the sinner's prayer. So you've, you've, you've had a moment where you've kind of made a decision to pray the sinner's prayer, to pray this prayer. It also means that there's a few things that you believe to be true. And those things would be mainly to be a Christian, you have to believe that Jesus is the only way to God, that Jesus died for your sins, and therefore you're going to heaven after you die. And also you believe that you should probably go to church occasionally and try not to sin that much. That's, that's what people typically mean when, they say, when they, talk, they say, what is a Christian? What's a Christian? Well, a Christian is, uh, means you have to have some sort of decision moment and maybe like there's a sinner's prayer type thing involved. And that decision moment was you believed a certain, a few New Testament facts. And if you believe those facts, then you, you go to heaven. That's what a lot of people mean when they say, are you a Christian? Then they'd say, yes, I, I prayed that prayer and I went to the front and I believe a couple New Testament facts. And so, yes, therefore I'm a Christian. Um, this is kind of how evangelism, evangelism is kind of like our fancy word that means like, you know, sharing our faith with people. This is how largely, not, not completely, but largely how evangelism has been done for the last 150, 200 years. It's, it's this process of saying like, hey, you know, you're not perfect. And so, and people are like, okay, I guess I'm not perfect, but Jesus was perfect and he died for your sins so that you can go to heaven and not go to hell. And then people say, oh, well, I don't wanna go to hell. I'd like to go to heaven. And so I should probably believe those things and I'll believe those things. And then I'm a Christian now. Now I can go to heaven, right? Um, you see this whenever you go to the fair. The last time I was at the Lane County Fair and I've seen this at every fair that I've been to. Um, have you seen this at the fair? You walk around and then there's always a booth there and it says, it says, are you going to heaven? Two simple answers to this question will reveal the truth. Have you seen that? And, and listen, I'm not making fun of the booth and I'm not making fun of the people who run the booth, okay? In a second, I'll get to why, like, for some people, that was the beginning and that's beautiful. Um, but how evangelism has largely been done is, are you going to heaven? You probably don't wanna go to hell. So, you know, accept Jesus that he died for your sins and now you get to go to heaven. Now, what's the problem with that, you might ask? Because you might be here and you might be like, yeah, pastor, I thought that that's how, I thought that was the gig. Like, I thought that's how it worked. Like, that's what it means. I mean, that, that's, that's what a Christian is, right? What, what's the problem? Well, here's the problem. The problem is that we've created a category of persons who have prayed a prayer, believe some New Testament facts, and maybe go to church occasionally who call themselves Christian without actually having to be a disciple of Jesus. Let me say that again. We've created a category of people that have maybe prayed a prayer and agreed to some New Testament facts who maybe go to church, maybe not, but whatever. You know, if I prayed the prayer and I'm going to heaven and we've created a category of people who then go out and say, I'm a Christian, but don't ever have to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. That's a problem. That's a problem. 
Because Jesus didn't say, notice if you read in the New Testament what Jesus did, Jesus didn't call people and say, hey, I want you to pray that sinner's prayer. And I want you to put your hand up and come to the front, you know, whatever, sign the forms and we'll contact you later. You know, like he didn't do that. Jesus said, follow me, follow me, follow me. Jesus was all about making disciples. Now, disciples start by decisions, okay? So decisions are good. But unfortunately, I think a lot of our evangelism over the last 200 years has been really focused on trying to get people to make a decision and not as focused as making disciples. Do you see the difference? And we're trying to get people to make a decision, but not make disciples. Now, let's go back to, because I'm not making fun of the booth at the fair, because if we were to all like come up here and tell our story, a lot of us would have a story where there was a moment where you made a decision. Maybe it was at a booth like that, or maybe at a church service. You raised your hand. You went to the front at a, at a crusade or at summer camp or, or whatever. But there was a moment. And, and praise God for beginnings, right? Praise God for those moments. And for you, for many of us, we could tell the story of there was a moment where we were, where we were presented the, the, you know, some, uh, the Jesus and we heard about the cross and there was this something in us that came alive and we were like, yes, that. And so we made a decision to follow him. And then what that did was it translated into steps after that, steps after that. And you stepped into discipleship following Jesus. And then through the years, you've been transformed formed in incredible ways. Praise God. I, I, and those, that, all that starts with a decision. So on one hand, that's good, but that isn't everyone's story. And unfortunately, unfortunately, there's been a lot of people who have prayed the prayer, raised the hand, come to the front, filled out the form, you know, like whatever it is. Um, I don't want to go to heaven or, I mean, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. And so I'm a Christian now. And that's where it started and that's where it stopped. It stopped right there. And so they thought mistakenly that, oh, I'm a Christian now, but they didn't know that that's supposed to be the beginning of turning into a life of following Jesus. That's called discipleship, being a disciple of Jesus. And so unfortunately what that's caused, why this is an issue is that there's people, all sorts of people out in the world saying, oh yes, I'm a Christian, but their lives haven't been transformed, changed. And so I just, I ask you, what's keeping people away? And I've, I've said this before, um, I really believe this. What is the biggest thing that's keeping people away from following Jesus? Is it rap stars? Is it the Kardashians? Is it like bad language? Like, are those the things that are keeping people mostly, like most people away from Jesus? I would argue, no. What's keeping most people away from Jesus is they met someone who said they were a Christian, but they were a jerk, just a big jerk. That's the thing. <laughs> That's keeping people away from Jesus the most. I'm not saying other things keep, don't keep people away from Jesus, but I would look at our culture and I would say, this is an issue. We've created a category of people that say they can be Christians, but they're not disciples. And Jesus never had those two things separated, ever. In Jesus's mind, there is no difference between a Christian and a disciple. Those are not two different things. Those are the same thing in Jesus's mind. 
So I just want to propose, let's not do away with the word Christian. Sometimes people do that. And I've done that too. Like I've been on an airplane or, you know, traveling somewhere and somebody's, are you a Christian? You know, sometimes I've done the thing where it's like, well, I'm a follower of Jesus, you know, like, because there's a lot of baggage with that word Christian. And I, I just, I don't think we should jettison the word, the word Christian. I just think let's like grab hold of the word Christian and expand it and to include exactly what it's supposed to include, which is discipleship following Jesus. For Jesus, that's what it meant. So four things in this passage, just real quick, because I want us to respond. One is uh, discipleship is surrendership, it's relationship, it's apprenticeship, and it's apostleship. All right? Four things. First, discipleship, according to Jesus, is surrendership. Now I know that isn't a real word, okay? I know. The reason why I know is because I made it up, all right? I came up with it. Um, it's not in your dictionary. Uh, Mark 1:18 says, and immediately what? They left their nets and followed him. One of, one of the other gospels talks about this same moment, but includes more detail. And, and in, in those details, like these guys had just like caught a huge catch of fish, like a huge catch of fish. And this is like the most inconvenient moment for Jesus to walk up and say, follow me. I mean, this is the, mo- the, this is the most lucrative moment of their lives. Think about that. The most lucrative moment of their lives. And Jesus is saying, follow me. There's just something about what it means to be a disciple. It's got to mean that there's this surrender, this belief that what Jesus is offering us is just, it's just better than, better than anything else that promises the world to us, but can never deliver. Only Jesus can deliver on his promise. And there's just got to be a belief that like, you know what, I'm going to surrender, surrender. You've heard us say this a lot in our church, but you know, we we try, especially with our kids to not use the language of, Hey, do you want to invite Jesus into your heart? I'm not saying it's bad to say that. And I know that a lot of us have said that. And a lot of us have used that language. Like, hey, do you want to accept Jesus into your heart? The reason why we don't want to use that language, especially when we're talking about Jesus with our kids, is because it can kind of imply that it's still my heart. And so, Jesus, you can come into my heart. Come on in, Jesus. I got a room for you up the stairs to the right. Got some towels in there. You got the whole wing, that whole, the whole right wing over there is, is yours. But can you just leave like the left wing of my heart like alone, you know? Especially the basement, just don't go down there, you know? That's, that's my area. But pff, have my Sundays and have, you know, like have my, hall, you know, like Easter and Christmas. Like you can have that, but, but see, when we say accept Jesus into my heart, there can kind of be this thing of like, it's still my heart. That's why we like to use the language of, no, 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 I surrender my heart. I surrender my heart. Like, Lord, it's yours. I trust you. Discipleship is surrendership, but also it's relationship. Mark 3, 14 says, and he appointed 12 to what? To be with him. Before discipleship is, is anything else, it's surrendership, but also it's relationship. It's an invitation into relationship with Jesus. Um, these men uh, and many of the other, the women and the, the people that were following him, I mean, they just spent so much time with him. They were in relationship with them. And all, yeah, I bet you've dreamed probably of just what those moments were like around the fire at night, you know, telling jokes. Just like that time with Jesus. 
would have been so rich and so beautiful and so fun, but they spent so much time with Jesus. Discipleship is being invited into a relationship. Now, here's what you know about relationship as much as, as I do. It's not enough to know some things about someone. You can know some things about someone and not be in relationship with them, right? Because knowing things about someone isn't the same thing as knowing someone, correct? You know this. Um, I know lots of things about Tom Cruise, all right? Um, I, 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 Tom Cruise is a weird dude. You know, I'm not, I, like, I, I guess, you know, he's, he's got some weird beliefs, but some of Tom Cruise's movies are my, some of my favorite movies, all right? Like, I just could quote Top Gun from beginning to end, like, no problem. And, you know, like, Far and Away, I love Far and Away. You know, I mean, there's just, like, so many, Tom, the Mission Impossible movies. I mean, I love all those movies. Um, and uh, so I, I know a lot of things about Tom Cruise. And even I have met Tom Cruise. Did you know that I shook Tom Cruise's hand? He produced a movie about Prefontaine and, and it was filmed um, kind of in these parts, I think, but it premiered at the McDonald Theater downtown like a long time ago when I was in high or when I was in college. And um, one of my friends was a photographer and she was there early to like get pictures of him. And she, she needed like a, like a helper to carry the gear. She was like, hey, do you want to carry the 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 photography gear and like maybe, you know, get close to Tom Cruise. I was like, sign me up. Yes, I want to. And so he was down there and, and I got to be on this barrier kind of area and he came out and he came out like right near me and he was like shaking people's hands and I put my hand, actually I put my hand out like down here. He is really short actually. And, you know, and, and like he was shaking all these people's hands and he, and like one of my hands was the hands that he shook. Oh, you shook my hand. You know, I was so, so excited. I know lots about Tom Cruise but I don't know Tom Cruise, right? And it's so possible. In fact, it happens all the time for us to know lots about Jesus. We could just know theology, but not know Jesus. In fact, that's what the Pharisees were all about. They knew tons of theology. And Jesus looks at them and he says that you search the scriptures because by them you think that you have found life, but here I am and you're missing me. It's possible to be puffed up in our heads and know tons, but not know Jesus. A disciple is someone that doesn't just have head knowledge. That's why you can't create a disciple in just a class with some teaching. A disciple knows some things, sure, but it's, they're in relationship. Discipleship, according to Jesus, is surrendership, it's relationship, and it's also apprenticeship. It's apprenticeship. Because relationship is important, and unfortunately, sometimes that's where we stop. We say things like, Christianity is not religion, man, it's relationship. It's not religion, it's relationship. And we like to say some things sometimes to get us off the hook for like the whole point of relationship. The whole point of relationship is that we would be so near Jesus that we would become like Jesus. In uh, verse Mark 1, 17, it says, and Jesus said to them, follow me and what? I will make you become. I will make you become. Discipleship is about who you are becoming. You might say, wait, I thought he loved me just as I am. Like, isn't it true? Like, I don't have to change at all. And he loves me. And yes, he loves you just as you are. But make no mistake. Do not make this mistake. Make no mistake. Discipleship. God wants to make disciples into something. 
Disciples are supposed to be made into something. The word disciple is the word for like learner, like a student. But in this case, it's more than just like sitting in a classroom. It's like applied learning. It's, it's like if you wanted to learn a trade from someone, like if you're in the medical uh, field, then you know, maybe you do like a fellowship. You know, And the point of a fellowship is you get in with a really smart people and you're like kind of like, you know, you're a newbie in a way, but you're like learning from them. And the whole point is that you want to become like them. You want all that knowledge to come onto you. Why? So that you can like ace a test? No, not necessarily. It's so that you can actually do what they do. The best word that we probably have for discipleship is apprenticeship. Apprenticeship. So if you wanted to learn a trade, if you were going to be a plumber, if you were going to be a glazier, if you were going to be, you know, an electrician, then what do you do? You have you have an apprentice that comes and just, and just learns. And why? To, to ace a test? No, to do it themselves. That's the whole point. I don't know if Eric Dye is here, but Eric Dye makes some of the best brisket that I know around. I mean, and so and during, the, during the pandemic, we were, I was like, Eric, like, I just wanna, I wanna smoke brisket like you smoke brisket. Like, can you just show me your ways, oh master? You know, I just needed to, I needed to know how Eric did it. And so he put together this thing with a couple people and we met at his house early and we were just like, watched him do his thing. And we were like taking notes and everything, you know, like, what does he do and how does he do it? Because like, I don't know, I feel like I'm doing the same thing he does and my brisket doesn't turn out like his brisket ever. And so, I mean, the way that I'm going to get better is not just like, not just asking him more questions. I mean, I got to get with him. You know, I got to get next to him. I mean, I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing like people that, you, that people that do an amazing, Mike, you built, you are building your house right now, like from the ground up. Like, I love that you know how to do that. I would love to know how to do that. And the way that I would get to know to how to do that is I would just have to be next to you every single day. Like just watching what you do, thinking, like learning about how you think. And just over a process of time, I would be able to not just like be able to tell you how to build a house. No, the point is that I would be able to build, that, build a house of my own. That's what this apprenticeship is all about. Um... I need to um, close soon. I just, uh, I was reading through the book of Acts and I got to Acts chapter 10 and I loved this description. Peter is talking to some Gentiles, some non-Jews, and he's trying to tell them about what, who Jesus was and what he did. And there's this like description of what Jesus did that I just like, I just thought, I, I love this. Listen to this. This is Peter talking to a group of people that are kind of new to Jesus. And he says this, this is from Acts chapter 10. He says, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And you know what has happened throughout the providence of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. And then he says, here's what happened. Here's what, here's what you need to know. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, that Jesus's life was like empowered. The Holy Spirit was on Jesus in a way that, what did he do? And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. Jesus has like the power of the spirit and he knows better than anybody how to just live into the kingdom of God every single day, every situation. And he's going around doing good and bringing healing and life and resurrection life everywhere he goes. Why? Because God was with him. 
I love that description. You know why? Because if discipleship is anything, it's this, is that I'm learning how to be in relationship with Jesus so that I can do that. So that I can do that. That we are in relationship with Jesus, not so that we can just, we come to church. Like the point of church is that we're in relationship with Jesus so that we can, like we say always, go be the hands and feet of Jesus empowered to do what he has done, apprenticeship. And that just springboards right in to the last one, which is apostleship. Now, I know that's a scary word. In fact, I used a lowercase a on purpose because I'm not saying that we're, we're like apostles, like, like the 12 apostles. But the word apostle just essentially means, it means someone who's sent. That's an apostle. So, uh, apostle is someone who is sent. Mark 3, 14, it says, and he appointed 12 to be with him and to be sent out to preach, to have authority being sent, to do the stuff that Jesus did, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. He just says, listen, if you wanna be my disciple, discipleship according to Jesus, it's surrendership, it's relationship, it's apprenticeship so that we can learn the ways of Jesus. Why? So that we could go out and actually, actually participate in the kingdom everywhere we go. This is beautiful. That means wherever you go after church, some of you are gonna go get dinner somewhere, gonna go, go, go get a sandwich, Subway, Guess what? There's like, there's human beings there and you're gonna walk into that store and who knows, who knows? But you get to, you get to bring the kingdom into, into that. You're gonna go into work tomorrow. You get, to, you get to, you're sent, you're sent, you're sent. A disciple is learning to walk in the ways of Jesus because a, a disciple is then sent into every place, every context, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Now, listen, do you understand now why it's really important that we distinguish what I just said from, I prayed the prayer, I believe some New Testament facts, I'm going to heaven, and that's it. Do you see how radically different that is? Do you see why it's important that we define what it means to be a Christian like Jesus would define it. So I'm gonna invite the band to come up and I do want us to respond with the time that we have tonight. Jesus said, follow me. Learn to, do, learn to be like me so that you can be my hands and feet. And I, I've kind of just landed on a definition of discipleship that I wanna put on the screen. If you're taking notes or if you just wanna get it in your heart, it's this. A disciple of Jesus is someone who is with Jesus in order to become like Jesus and is capable of doing what Jesus did. That's cool. That is so much better than I pray to prayer. It's a disciple of Jesus, someone who's with Jesus in order to become like Jesus, who's capable of doing what Jesus did. That's beautiful. I wanna respond with an invitation. If we could just, I'm gonna pray for us. If we could just bring the lights down and I just wanna create a space just, um, as, uh, as we respond. Father, Lord, we, um, we worship you. Um, we love you. 
And Lord, we just pray, Lord, would you just do in us, would you like let any decision moment be the beginnings of, a, of discipleship, that it would never stop at a decision, that it would move into the whole point of the decision, which is to follow you. You are looking at all of us here tonight and you're saying, follow me, follow me. I want to make you become, make you become, I'm turning you into something so that you can go and bring the kingdom everywhere you go. Lord, we pray that we would lean into that definition of Christianity. We would lean into that definition of discipleship so that we could be your hands and feet in the way that you want us to. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Here's what we're gonna do is we're just gonna sing another song. And as we do, as we do, I just wanna invite us in a couple ways. There'll be a couple of people up here on the prayer team. And prayer team, if you wanna come up right now, you can right over here. A couple things. One is, if you feel like tonight, you are being called to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, a Christian, and maybe for the, for the first time, like it's just for the first time, you just feel like this is, I wanna be invited into that. Like that's what I want my life to be about because I trust him, I trust him. If that's you, then I wanna invite you. Just as we sing, then I want you to come up and get prayer with the prayer team. There's gonna be, there's, there's two, but we'll, we've got a few more people in reserve to come and just pray. Um, I know that's a scary thing. I know you're like, ah, oh, people will see me. Ah, oh, people aren't paying attention. You know, like, don't worry about it. Is, is it gonna take courage? Oh yeah, it will. It's gonna take courage to come up and say, yeah. You just come up and you're like, hey, I think that's me. I, I wanna follow Jesus. I mean, what a beautiful thing to just pray for you. Maybe that's not your story. Maybe you're here and you've been, a, you've been a Christian for a long time, but perhaps your version of Christianity has just been hovering over, I prayed the prayer, I know some New Testament facts and I'm going to heaven, not hell. And that's exactly just where your Christianity has hovered maybe for a long time. And maybe tonight, you I don't want you to hear that like you're not really a Christian. That's not what I'm saying. Do not hear that. What I do want you to hear is that I want you to hear maybe there's an invitation tonight from your heavenly father to say, to say, hey, would you come and take a step into deeper discipleship? I'm calling you into deeper discipleship. I'm calling you just to follow me more completely. Maybe you just feel a call tonight just to deeper discipleship. I don't know what that means for you. Maybe that means like leaving some nets. It might be some, leaving some things behind. There might be some things that you just know even right now as I'm talking to you that there's just, there's stuff that just needs to get left behind so that you can follow Jesus. That's a step into deeper discipleship and he's calling you into, to that, into that tonight. And so I encourage us as we, as we sing, would you come? Would you come and get prayer? Just say, hey, I just, this is what I'm wrestling with and we just wanna pray with you. We wanna partner with you. If you're someone here and maybe that's not, you're not, those aren't your first two stories. And maybe like there's, I don't know, maybe there's not enough people on the prayer team to handle the people that'll come get prayer. I don't know. Or maybe you're just sitting there and you just feel like you have a word of encouragement or a prayer for someone else. Maybe someone that you're sitting next to, someone that you came with, someone that you know in the room. If you, maybe, maybe uh, for you, then I just want to empower you to be sent. Go and pray, pray with them. Pray for them. Be sent. That's what a disciple is. You're sent to, to heal and to bring blessing and life and resurrection and life. So maybe, maybe that needs to happen in the room. I don't know. Lastly, huh, there's communion on either side of the room. I believe some in the balcony. 
And so just as we sing and as we respond, you can come, grab communion, go to any place you want. But I just, I just wanted to create a space where we could respond. Can't preach a sermon on discipleship and not leave some room to say, hey, how about we, maybe it's time to giddy up and be disciples, follow him. So let's do that. Father, be with us tonight as we sing and worship and respond to you.